This is the Creative Agency Podcast, where we explore the strategies, aspirations, methods, and mistakes behind growing and maintaining a successful creative agency. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Agency Podcast. I know it's been a while. It's been a busy year, and I apologize for falling off the radar, but I am excited about this interview with Andrea Ingstrom, president of Bajillion Agency. We're going to talk about rapidly scaling an agency. Before we begin, I would like to remind all you agency owners out there that the Grow Your Agency Slack group for agency owners is on the Creative Agency website. It's free to join, and we have 250 members and growing. Um, Just go to creativeagencypodcast.com. All right. Well, I have Andrea Ingstrom on the line. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Where are you calling in from? Uh, We're in Topeka, Kansas. We're right in the middle of the country. We're a community of about 130,000 people. Wow. Nice. Um, so your agency is, is a bajillion agency. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that agency came to be? Yeah, I'm going to try to make this the short story, but you know how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so I I sort of started my career stumbling my way through marketing and doing sales for our family businesses, Um, first for an audio video installation company. Um, But I figured out that what I really loved was the marketing part. And so I decided to go to school for it. So I was raised by entrepreneurs like, why do you go? Why do you need college? You just do what you love and then you get paid for it. So so anyway, I decided to go to school for um for advertising. And while I was about halfway through college, I was recruited by a small boutique ad agency and I just fell in love with the work. So I was an account manager there and we were small enough that I got to be involved with winning new business. And I got to learn a lot about how this world works. And then a few years later, um, I started working with my dad who has an action coach, business coaching franchise. So he coaches companies who want to increase their profit by at least 30% each year through growth. So, um, so a lot of high growth companies, um, are what we were working with. So he, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I came on his team first as a marketing manager and then took over all of the business development and then became a certified business coach. Cool. So then about a year into me working with the coaching firm, um, my husband, who at the time was a mechanic, like an industrial machinery mechanic, mm-hmm. um, who sort of dabbled in, in filmmaking, we had a, a spot on our team come open. I was like, hey, jo- you know, Josiah does really great work, you know, as good or better as the last person that was doing films for our, our events and stuff like that. And, um, so we gave him a shot as the filmmaker and he was self-taught, but he is a ravenous learner and he skilled up pretty quickly. So, um, soon we were starting to help some of our, um, coached clients to be able to, um, you know, with creative services and then, um, sort of stumbled into it and realized that we had an emerging second and third line of business that really didn't fit under the coaching umbrella. So we were doing video production for some clients and we were doing some brand development and, you know, sales materials and stuff that would help them to execute on the strategies that they were being coached on. So, and you know, one of the strategies that we coach clients around is it's sometimes easier to sell additional services to an existing client than it is to go and find new clients. Right. And so we were, we were looking at that model for ourselves and saying, okay, so how do we take a client who's spending $50,000 a year on coaching and add another 50 or hundred thousand dollars a year of other services from say a partnering company that, that we're, we own here 
so that our average client value between the companies could double or triple. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how it all started. So as we had some of that success doing brand development and video work for the coach clients, we started to hire more creative team members. And, uh, you know, you start out kind of hiring friends who you can afford right. and that you're willing to train just to, just to get started. And then we realized, you know, if we're going to make this thing really take off, we need to hire people who are better than us in a few key areas. So we hired a creative director who's a hell of a designer and hired a brilliant copywriter who's also great at helping pitch new clients. And we had a few clients and launched officially as Bajillion Agency and our, our partnering, our sister company, Motivike Films, at the end of 2015 with about, there's five team members between us. Wow. Yeah. So you, you guys are still kind of young. Yeah. <laughs> Are are you still sort of affiliated with the your father's company or or Yeah, so we we are um, we're all buying a building um, together, like moving into a building that we're renovating. Um, but we've all officed together. He's upstairs. The the you know film production company and the ad agency are downstairs. We just keep adding desks <laughs> to this big <laughs> room down there, and uh, we joke that we're going to have to get bunk desks pretty soon. But um, um, yeah, we share some resources between the companies. That that just makes it smart for for all of us but mm -hmm. yeah we we're, we're still affiliated but um you know but that's a franchise and this is our own thing so well, that's great and then a lot of the clients are sort of coming from the the coaching business or they were originally you know it started out that way but only about maybe 15 percent of our clients today are from coached clients it's really kind of taken off on its own. Wow. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I noticed right away on your website that you guys have some really great, um, branding work and some cool case studies. And, and that's sort of the result of your creative director and some of the people that you've hired since. Um, yeah. so it seems like, a seems like you did pretty good there. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's important to, um, know your strengths and I am not a designer and, um, and I, and I'm not a creative director, um, but I, you know, I love to sell and I am a hell of an account manager. And so that's what we started with and said, where, you know, where can we play up our strengths, but fill in gaps with what we're not strong at, but we know it takes great creative to build a great agency. Um, you know, the phone doesn't just start ringing magically. You have to have great work that's driving that. Um, how many employees do you have now? Uh, we have 26 team members today. And you said you were, you're hiring very regularly, even, even now, correct? Yeah. So I did the, when I knew this, this call was coming, I was like, okay, I got to do the real math here. But I figured out since September of 2017, and so it's October of 2017 now, or 2018 now, um, we've added 12 new team members. Wow. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, 2015, we started with, you know, five and then it became six of us. And, um, in 2016, there was 11 of us, 2017, there was 18 of us and now there's, um, 26 of us. And we're, um, we're currently hiring, we're looking for a copy, another copywriter right now. So was there, um, did you land any big clients that sort of like necessitated some of the, um, hiring or is it just sort of been a lot of, um, a lot of different clients? It's been a lot of different clients. Um, you know, when we first started, I remember getting nervous, um, walking in with a proposal for, you know, $10,000 worth of work. And we're like, Oh my gosh, we're asking for so much money. <laughs> and then, 
Um, and then how that pretty dramatically shifted over the, over the next couple of years where today, you know, we go in and ask for six figures and, and we do that with confidence. Um, but we've, we've also sort of intentionally from this point, you know, we don't go after RFPs that are too big for our britches. You know, Mm -hmm. we are, you know, our average client size is under, you know, it's just under $50,000. Um, and that makes for, pretty broad. I mean, we've got, you know, 51 clients right now, um, which is a ton to serve, but you know, so no, it's never, if we lose one client, it doesn't ruin us. If we gain one client, it doesn't necessarily mean that we've won the lottery or anything, but, but that's been a nice steady way to grow, but it's also been, it's also been challenging, you know, because if you've got account leaders who are drowning, but you know, who have 10 clients worth, you know, $300,000 total, that that's totally different than having two clients that make up 300,000. It's, it's, there's a lot of that work that has to be done regardless of the size of the client. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that because that's kind of how our, our business here at murmur creative is like, we have lots of sort of medium sized clients. We don't have any big Goliath clients and, yeah. uh, most of our projects are yeah in the 50 K range. So we're, mm-hmm. we're similar, similar space. Does, does your agency, um, specialize in any sort of verticals or the certain kind of client that you guys work with more often than others? We've had naturally some categories that sort of have emerged. Um, we've, we've always had a nice, healthy mix of professional services companies. Mm-hmm. It's been funny because it used to be, you know, tie wearing professional services like financial advisors and, um, and even, you know, medical. So like we have a strong niche in, in dentists and things like that. But then just in the last year or so, we've picked up a pretty steady flow of, um, industrial, um, construction contractors. And so general contractors, you know, they're, they're and their subcontractors. So HVAC, electrical contractors, painters, you know, a handful of residential services for homeowners also, because some of those companies do both residential and commercial and industrial. So, so it's all services though. So it's not like packaged goods or retail or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's all sort of in that same vein. Is there, do you see yourself specializing in any particular vertical or just kind of like the diversity? Uh, We like the diversity. However, um, we are, we are moving intentionally towards outdoor space. Mm-hmm. So products and tourism, um, our creative director and the head of our film company are avid outdoorsmen. And we, we make really stunning branded content featuring outdoor activity. Um, and they, they, they do this stuff for fun on the weekends and, you know, they'll, they'll call up a company that, you know, they'd love to have sponsor the video just, and they'll send them gear or something. And, and then we get to tag, you know, a company with, with that, but you know, they're just making this stuff because they love it. And I think, you know, whenever you can have your work intersect with a personal passion, then the product that, that you create is even better. That passion flows through. And so, you know, that's a goal of ours is to figure out how do we get more of, of that kind of work because our team gets really excited about it. Yeah. What, uh, what are the sort of main services that you guys offer? So our best thing is brand development and emotionally engaging branded content. So great design is a high priority for us. We have this rule um, that any brand that we create has to pass the t-shirt test, (laughs) which means your team members think it looks so rad and they are so passionate and proud of where they work that they want to wear a company t-shirt on a Sunday afternoon when everything else is clean. 
you know. Um, we also have a rule that all of our brands have to stand up in black and white. So with very few exceptions, we show our clients one logo option in black and white first. And then when they approve it, we explore our color palette. And this is, you know, so we're confident that they love their mark in its most pure form. But, but the interesting thing is, um, so, you know, brand development, key messaging is a huge part of that for us. Um, we spend a lot of time in message development um, and helping them to kind of come to what, what's the essence and what's their, you know, the meaning behind their brand. But most people just call us for a website. Um, that may be your experience too, is that that seems to be the point of pain that causes, you know, an organization or a business to reach out most often is they'll call and they'll be like, well, our website's not working the way we want it to, or I hate our website. Um, but when we dig into their situation and are able to help them understand that the elements that make up their website, like their logo, their key messages, the colors type, you know, photos, videos, et cetera, are all the things that make up a great website. So we're able to take them through a brand and key message development process um, and, you know, get all new great photography and, and flesh everything out, which makes their entire, I mean, that changes everything. So then, you know, they go, well, if we get a new brand, we need new stationery and we need new collateral and it, and signs and truck wraps and all the things. And so that's usually how it starts, though, is people will call and say, I hate my website. Can you help me? Um, one of the, one of the more unique th things though, that we offer that I would say that I don't hear from a lot of agencies though, um, is we, we do sales processes and scripts and, and I kind of carried this over from when I was wearing, when I was a business coach full time, um, that was something that I kind of specialized in was, um, sales training and helping them, helping companies to develop their, their sales scripts. Mm -hmm. Um, and what we find, especially with professional services companies, that most companies that we work with don't actually need more leads as much as they need to convert more leads. And so we dig in deep on how they equip their team members to make a sale and we get the brilliance out of the owner or their top salesperson head and um, document the ideal steps in the process and give them, you know, the scripts and collateral materials and videos and proposal templates and all that good stuff that we make that make them look like they're worth, you know, the million bucks that they're asking for. Nice. How do you price all this stuff and package it for people? Um, there are some things that we do value-based pricing. Um, so for example, um, I'm super efficient at writing sales process and scripts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think my time's or, you know, the, the product is worth a lot more than the actual time it takes me to convert that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but in general, we base our pricing, um, we charge, uh, between, you know, for a junior team member of hundred dollars an hour up to $150 an hour. Oh, interesting. So you're not doing blended rates. You're basically sort of your pricing based on the team members who are going to work on the project. Mm -hmm. Usually what we do is we go, okay, how many hours if our, this is, this may be wrong. I don't know. We, we're making this up as we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, we say how many hours do we think it would take, you know, our, our more experienced team members to do the work. And then, and then if we know that it's going to be and then we just multiply it by that number of hours. And then if we end up having someone who's a less experienced team member working on the work, then they just get 1.5 the time to do it. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So it just makes it easy for us to 
because we don't always know who's going to be working on it. Blended rate sounds smart too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I did some research into it, it, it's interesting that in the US, um, a blended rate is more common, but um, in the UK, the sort of separate pricing per people is more common. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, we've had um, large companies come to us and they'll ask us like, okay, how much are you charging per person, per role? And then we have to do a bunch of backwards math that that is annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where we, when we see that stuff, you know, when they're asking those kinds of questions, we're like, wait, is this an ideal client for us? I don't know. (laughs) They want to know all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A couple of times I've just laid bare all of our, everything that goes into our pricing. And then it's, it's never been a good situation. They always just try to put things all back together in some wonky way that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's good learning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What is your sort of your agency structure? Okay. So Earlier this year, um, after we crossed the 20 people mark, we had a meeting with our my little leadership team, which is essentially just the, you know, my creative director and the copywriter that first started this thing with me. And, um, you know, my husband that runs a film production company and then um, my traffic manager because she knows everything. She's my boss. Right. She tells me everything to do. Uh, So kind of put that group together. And we said, this is getting really chaotic. Um, because people, and I'm becoming a bottleneck because, you know, when you hire new team members, they're like, okay, well, who's my boss? And everybody's like, well, she's the boss. But that meant I had, you know, 19 people trying to get a question answered from me and that doesn't make sense. And, um, so we just kind of like scratched out on a piece of paper, like, okay, Kip, these people are answering to you or they're, they're your, you know, first line of defense for questions. And Ronnie, this group is yours. And, and then, you know, account leaders can talk to a traffic manager first before they try to come to me. And we're like, wait a second, did we just create a middle management level here? <laughs> like that just happened, but it's, it's worked pretty well. Um, we have, you know, that crew that we, we get together and I have an office manager as of this year, which was a really big deal because <laughs> uh, she handles a lot of HR and stuff like that for us. That that's really helpful. But that's that's our next hire. We're very, yeah. we're very oh, excited. <laughs> Game changer. So good. So good. Um, but, you know, we very early um, in our in our agency, um, you know, me and our creative director would get into these sort of. I mean, we both are, feel really passionately about good creative and, you know, are fighting for, for it to be as great as it can be. Um, and it became, you know, occasionally a little bit explosive where we would dig in our heels and the neck would, you know, the hair on the back of your neck would, would stand up. And we, and then, you know, our handful of team members would have to like see a little battle happen. (laughs) And and then we would go to, you know, to Google chat and be like, I'm sorry. I know that you want the very best for all of our clients. And I'm sorry I said it that way and I didn't mean it, but we were realizing like, Hey, like the whole rest of the team didn't get to experience that little, like, you know, mom and dad making up moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and so we started um, having what we call uh, list meetings because we said, if there's ever something that we're, we're finding ourselves in kind of a headlock about, or, you know, that, that we need to make sure that we're coming up with a systems solution for um, we say, let's put that on the list. And then once a week we get together and, um, and we kind of go through what are the things that are on the list that are, were, you know, maybe a situation that we can find a system solution for, or, you know, Hey, that didn't go great. What can we do better next time? 
or, you know, and then, and then it turned into, you know, less and less of those kinds of difficult conversations to, into being able to use that time for really exciting stuff. Like, Hey, how, who do we want to be when we grow up? You know, yeah. like, like what if we, what if we were proactive about going after certain kinds of, of new business instead of just waiting, you know, letting, letting things come in that, you know, what does that look like? Or, you know, we've got people challenges. What are we going to do? And who do we hire next? So, so it's sort of, we sort of stumbled into that uh, management management structure, or you know how we keep things flowing. But mm-hmm. um, but it seems to work. I mean, it seems to work pretty good for us, and um, we have some strong, I think, point, points of culture that we hire team members around that um, allow that to be the case. Like you know, where we hire based on if they're a good culture fit, and so then my leadership team emulates that really well. So. Is it account managers is the the role that people are sort of managing the projects? Yeah, we call them account leaders. Oh, account leaders. Um, yeah, but they're account account managers essentially. Gotcha. But they're yeah. they're kind of making sure that the whole project gets from start to finish. Yes. So I've got four account leaders and then two video producers that sort of do the same thing when it's just video only. Um, they, they have that role to their, to the, you know, strictly video clients. So we're, we're probably a little bit account leadership heavy or, you know, whatever that is. But Mm -hmm. part of that is because we have so many smaller accounts. It's just a lot. Well, you know, and that, that allows for further growth. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather. Yeah. And that was it. You know, that was fun. It's funny. You said that we earlier in the year we were hired, we were hiring one, um, we had a job posting for one account manager and we had so many good folks come in and apply for it. And, um, and there were two P I, I hired one and we were ecstatic. And then I got this, you know, resume and cover letter. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we'd be stupid not to interview this person, even though we hired somebody else. And we did. And you know what happens when you, when you go just to like, look at a cute puppy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we were like, Oh, how can we hire both of them? We need both of them, you know? And then even after we had hired that other one, we, we had yet another person that reached out and we went ahead and talked to her. And so we just had this sort of cue, which was really great, you know? Um, and, but it, but it also put a fire under me like, okay, now I got to go win a whole bunch of new business because I got I got, I just doubled my account leadership team and now I got to get them some projects yeah. <laughs> to work on, but you know, it allowed them to be trained in time to handle some, some big accounts. So it was good. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that we've noticed is that we've never, we've never hired anyone who, who ends up twiddling their thumbs, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how quickly when you hire someone they're they're put to work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the one that I hired second, I was like, okay, you don't have any accounts yet, but your new job is to go with me to sales meeting and then write all the proposals. And we gotta, we gotta dig in and get some new business here. And then when we win those clients, they're yours. <laughs> What, what's your sort of lead and sales volume like? Like how much how much of that are you doing? Well, okay. So this year has been crazy from a standpoint of, I think it was just kind of around the beginning of this year, sort of end of last year, where we, we noticed this sort of critical shift. Like I kind of stopped prospecting at the beginning of this year because our phone started ringing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of that is just doing great work and it, getting it out there. And, um, you know, cause when you're young, when you're a young agency, um, you have a time, you have, a, you might even have a handful of clients, but if none of their brands has launched yet, nobody knows, you know? Yeah. 
So you got all this good work you're working on and it takes, you know, six or nine months for anybody to, to see this new baby born. And so then that, you know, that next year or so people started to get to see that stuff. But so since the beginning of this year, um, there were some, there were some weeks when I think, I, I would say we average one to three incoming leads per week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we all, of course get to, you know, we narrow some of those down or weed some of those out, but uh, and there was this, I remember that there was a two week period of time where I had seven proposals do like presentations to me. And, and it was, I mean, it was crazy and it was busy and we landed a huge new chunk of business and it was great, but I, and it's not what I want my life to look like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather write, you know, one proposal to win that m- amount of business, but, but it, it was great. But, you know, one of the things that we've also learned is that, that, that sometimes like, Sometimes it all of a sudden stops and you go, well, what happened? Now we have to actually do something to like go find new business. Our phone stopped ringing for a minute and it's hard, it's hard to predict that or like know how to bank on that. So we kind of take that opportunity to say, okay, well now who do we actually really want to be working with and get after it in a different way? Um, What, what about profitability like how does that does that feel good you guys or does it feel like you're going month to month or it i wouldn't say month to month it sometimes cash flow is tricky but you know our our projections are good for the year and we're in this kind of situation too where we're trying to like build out a new building space oh wow and mm-hmm. so so profitability is like wait what's that i don't <laughs> yeah. even know what that means like like all the dollars are spoken for where can we get some more you know um but it's just all part of this this um vision um part of part of what has happened with us um was we're, we're you know we're still a small business but um in our community they have job creation incentives for companies who are um, creating jobs at a at a significant level and um, and investing in you know, re, you know like remodeling or investing in property in the community, and so because we met both of those criteria and had a we have a, an aggressive growth plan, we receive job creation incentives. Um, so when we create these jobs at the level that we're continuing to, so you know, our five year goals like we've got sixty team members and and just which means basically means we just keep doing what we've been doing, mm-hmm. hiring you know ten or twelve new team members a year and and that gets us there no problem. In the meantime, you know, I mean, knowing that that means we have to have a building and and we need to be planning for, you know, what does that look like? I mean, cause we've scaled to this size pretty quickly, but we're not, we're not done, you yeah. know, like we're not going to just settle in here. So it just keeps going. I mean, you must spend a lot of time. Are you, are you doing most of the interviews uh, with new team members? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do. My office manager is helpful in that. And I usually bring in a team member as well. That is in that department that we're hiring for. Or just a, or just a different team member, just to help me gauge. Like, does this person feel like a, a good cultural fit? Um, but I usually like to be in in all of the interviews. Have you found sort of a, a winning combination way of sort of um, putting your job posts out there and getting responses and culling through the resumes and all that stuff? I wish I could say yes. We get some through. Um, you know, we've got a we've got a, a, a small little following on social media, but. Our, when you the more team members you get, the more circles of influence you have. Right. And so a lot of our new team members have come from our existing team members 
personal, you know, friend groups Mm -hmm. or people that they've worked with in the past or, and so it hasn't been really about like what posting worked the best for us. It's more about digging in on like, who do we know? And, um, and that sort of thing. But, you know, when we have posted, it's been on, I mean, it's been Facebook ads primarily just in in a community, our size, that doesn't take much to have penetration. Have you found that hiring um, so quickly has caused certain HR issues? I don't know. I mean, obviously there's the possibility of hiring someone who's not a good fit. Um, but then yeah. there's also just, you know, people who maybe don't know each other that well, sort of trying to iron out issues and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're really intentional about culture and, um, and I would say probably in the last six months, I've learned some, some new things about that, that have been, have been really helpful. And I would say mit- would mitigate some of the challenges that we had early on. Like, I wish I knew, two years ago, what I know today. Um, but, uh, I've started using interview questions that I, I learned from, um, Patrick Lencioni has this book called the ideal team player. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, the idea is that there's three essential virtues for an ideal team player. Are they humble? Are they hungry? And are they smart? And by smart, we mean people smart, you know, emotional intelligence, um, and our, um, and so he, he, there's some cheat sheets on some of those kinds of questions. And when I got those, I was like, oh my gosh, this could have saved so many <laughs> meetings about challenges and, um, and having to deal with, you know, it's really hard when you have to let a, t- a team member go who feels like family and feels like a friend, but just isn't the right fit, you know? So, so learning those things has, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that we'll have less of that moving forward, but um, but it seems like our team integrates pretty well. Um, we like with new people, um, our team has a tendency on, um, you know, on any given weekend, like people will go to each other's band show or, um, you know, connect to go to a community event or something like that. So, um, our, um, and we, we kind of started this because my husband with the film production company has to fly, you know, and tra- or travel for, for shoots quite a bit because, you know, you can have clients all over the country, but, um, and, you know, and just chat by this, but you can't shoot a video from Kansas in, you know, Boston. So, and so he, his, his rule of thumb was, I don't, he said, I will not hire someone that I don't want to travel with. And so he's kind of got that radar for like, is this going to be actually a really f- a fun person to be around? even when we're not working Oh, wow, that's and cool. what that, yeah. So what that tends to breed is a group of people who actually have a lot of fun hanging out, you know, and they make friends with each other. And I usually tell people when I, like when I hired a new account manager or account leader, I'm like, Hey guys, I just hired your new best friend. You're going to love him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, and that's often true. People become pretty close and Um, I think, I think though, what can be challenging as, as we grow though, is that, you know, when the design team is all in sort of one, one separate area and the account leadership team is in in a whole nother separate area, um, when you're little and, you know, when you're really small, you can all sort of fit into, to one space and, and it's really easy to have communication that everybody's a part of. And, and as you grow systems become so much more important in having, you know, communication standards and rules about like, you know, who gets invited to what meetings Mm -hmm. even, which seems like such a basic thing, but it can, it can be a real productivity suck to just 
assume that everybody has to be in every meeting. Yeah. We were just working on that recently because you yeah. end up, you know, without thinking about it, suddenly it's like half the office is in a meeting about something and yeah. you're like, does everybody need to be here? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Could I get the five minute version of that one? So what sort of advice would you give to like, a, you know, an agency that's, you know, or an agency owner who's listening right now, who, um, is maybe a little bit stuck in their growth or who, who is, who wants to grow like, um, bajillion is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is part of what I learned as a business coach and that I encouraged all of my clients to do is to write down your goals, um, and, and be really specific about it. So in the early days, um, we would have like a 90 day, you know, every quarter we'd have a, a planning session together and we'd talk about, okay, what are we going to work on, you know, systems this month or over these next three months? And, um, you know, and we, and during that time, so every 90 days we would have a new goal that we were setting on what size of client we wanted to mm-hmm. land. So the first goal was, you know, okay, we're going to land a $50,000 client. Okay. Now, and we did that and we're like, okay, now we're going to land a hundred thousand dollar client. You know, and we did that. And so being able to like write, write down exactly what you want. I I think there's a ton of power in that. Also just writing down, like, like be really specific about who are the clients that you want. So, um, you know, I don't love cold calling people, but I have no problem inviting somebody over for a beer. And most people say yes. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so we just, we would just would go through and go, okay, what businesses do we admire in our area, like who do we think would be cool to work with? And we think they've got a lot of potential as a brand, or they're just a really good business doing good things for good people and, or, you know, making something really cool. Like who do, who do we want as a client? And then write those things, you know, write them down and then, and then figure out how you're going to get in front of those folks. And, um, you know, for us, and I think this is part of why you and I started talking about one of our, one of our, first strategies for developing new business was, uh, what we call beer 30. Um, it kind of came about because I'm, you know, a business coach starting an advertising agency and, uh, and I'm like, Hey, creative director and copywriter, what kinds of, you know, marketing workshops should we put on for business owners? And they're like, how about we never ever do that? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, how about we just invite people over to have a beer with us? And if they like us, they're going to want to work with us. And I was like, that just might work. (laughs) Let's do it. And sure enough, you know, we, we figured out how to, First of all, we just started inviting everybody, but then we figured out there's some, there's some correlation between our lists. Like there's some people on our list who would probably be really excited to network with these other people on our list. And if we put them all on a list together and then share that, you know, share that list of like what the business names are that we're inviting to that event, um, as well as a handful of, you know, clients that they would like to have that we would also like to have. Pretty soon we put together this sort of perfect little networking event for those businesses who said, wow, those are not the kind of people I run into a chambered event, but that's exactly who I need to be in front of. Sure, I'll come to have a beer at your office next week. And about, I mean, I would say I look at our client list now, about 30% of our clients and most of our biggest ones have come from that strategy. So my best advice um, for an agency that wants 
to grow is just to drink more beer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you say is one of the sort of hardest parts of, of growing quickly for an agency? Or at least in your experience, I don't know if it's the hardest parts of growing quickly. I mean, part of what the part of a challenge in growing quickly is, especially if you're if you've had a good experience hiring people that you know, or people you know, people that are friends or friends of friends or something like that, is that you know we were quick to jump into hiring folks that we we like them. We you know we thought they'd be a, a great fit, but it didn't necessarily we didn't necessarily vet them um, at the level that we should have as if they were strangers. You know what I'm saying? And so that becomes so hard when you have to. I mean, I think that's probably the worst part about being a business owner is when somebody that you you love and care about their life and want good things for them is not working out as a team member. That is the hardest business decision to make. Yeah. And the more you grow, the more that, ha- I mean, the more hard conversations you have to take, have to have, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely hear you there. We, we've only had to let go one person, but we've also had, you know, people leave and it's, um, that is definitely one of the hardest parts. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, besides, ha- besides just having difficult conversations with people, um, I think, I think one of the hardest parts is remaining like what made you good when you were small, um, as a culture, um, making sure that you, that you continue to do those things that you don't get too big to, to do the fun little things that you did when you yeah. were small. You know, when we, um, when we first started, we, um, when we, when we first, cause I said, you know, we'd write down a goal and then we would, when we'd get that goal, um, or when we'd win a, a, a big new client, we would, um, ring a bell and we would shoot, you know, whiskey <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, it, so we have this big brass bell. And I mean, even today, it, you, if you hear a brass bell ring, um, everybody comes running because we're like, what happened? And it's how we celebrate together. That that's hilarious. We and have we, a bell as well. We do. Well, do we you? have multiple bells. So there's kind of uh, there's our oh. account director has a set of bells, and she chooses which one to ring based on how big the client is that we want. I love it. I love it. Well, some of our you know our some of our account managers are more. Uh, they're, they're not so big brass bell ringing. Uh, they're not the type. And so one of them brought in a triangle and she's like, um, if something good happens, can I just ding? Is that okay? <laughs> I was like, you can ding. That'll be fine. Oh, but just remembering to celebrate, you know, um, because winning new businesses, it, it, it's exciting. It can also be stressful because it's, then it's like, okay, oh, okay. We just got a lot more to do. Let's, we got a lot to do, but Um, but remembering to to keep, keep doing the things that you did when you were small. Um, one of the other things that we started out doing when we were, uh, you know, just maybe, you know, five or five or seven of us is, um, we realized, we kind of looked around and we realized like, oh my gosh, everybody that works here plays an instrument, um, or sings or, and so we would, we start bringing in, you know, guitars and banjos and, and on Friday at four o'clock, we would pop open, you know, beer and all sit around and we would, we would play music together and sing. And that, and that seems like an awkward thing to do if you're talking about, you know, a giant mm-hmm. agency, but when there's just like a handful of, of, uh, you know, band friends sitting around jamming, like it's really special. And, um, and it was really beautiful. And, and, and that was actually a piece of advice that someone that had come from a much larger 
agent. Well, I won't say much larger because I think our agency is bigger than theirs is at the time. But she said, you know, things got so frantic um, there that it stopped being fun. And she said, never stop playing music. And we call it Bajilla Jam. She says, you never <laughs> stop Bajilla Jam. She's like, that is why people will stay with you is because of, you know, because they go home and they go, these are the kind of people that I want to play music with. She's like, even if they don't sing, just the idea that you guys like are close enough and like each other enough to be ridiculous <laughs> and sing a song together. And, um, and so for, so for us, you know, that's part of our culture and who we are and, and that's not everybody, but figure out what that mm-hmm. thing is and don't stop doing it when you get big. Cause it's what makes you great. That's awesome. That's great advice. Well, it, actually you've mm-hmm. given so much advice. I almost hesitate to ask for uh, three takeaways because I feel like you've given us about 20, but if you were to boil, boil <laughs> it down to three pieces of advice that you would give, um, other agency owners, um, who are looking to grow, what would those three things be? Um, okay. So number one, I would say, write, write things down, um, write down your goals, write down the names of the clients you want to work with, I think that creates, um, I mean, I believe in the power of attraction and I think when you write it down, it sets Mm -hmm. intention and it's amazing how many times I put somebody's name on a beer 30 list. And I, two days later got a referral from a client to that exact company that I had no connection with before. And I was like, (laughs) that's crazy. It's magic. Let's not stop doing that, you know? Um, but so I, I'm a real believer in writing things down. And so do that. Um, I I also, um, I, I point back to the, the three, the three virtues of an ideal team player. There's some cheat sheets for those interview questions. They are a game changer. And if I can point back to every person who's been not a great fit on our team, it's because they were lacking in one or two of those areas. And so if there's a cheat sheet like that (laughs) um, for, you know, for hiring great people, use it. So that book's the ideal team player, Patrick Lencioni, like just Google search interview questions for humble, hungry, and smart, and you'll find it. And then, um, and then my third takeaway would just be never, never stop playing music together. The, the rituals or the thing that you started when you were small that made it a great place to work, find ways to keep doing that. Wow. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Andrea, for coming on the show. This is, um, this has been a great interview and it's especially interesting to me because while you guys are a larger agency, I've definitely relate to a lot of what you're talking about. So, um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Well, my pleasure is mine. Um, I told you this the other day, like I sent you a message, but I want to say it out loud. The, um, there's been days where I was like, this thing is hard and being able to go and listen to your podcast and sometimes literally re-listen to episodes of it where you can feel like you're not alone and like other people are dealing with some of these same, same issues, or you can learn from something who, from some, from somebody who's a couple steps ahead of you in a certain area that is just invaluable. And, and so thank you so much for what you're doing. This, this matters. It makes a difference to the agencies like ours that are figuring this thing out. And uh, so we, we really appreciate you. Oh, Thanks for thank you. thank you so much. And thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs>